Hey everybody, this is episode 4 of Please Be Exciting. Today's episode is a little bit different because of the quarantine. Uh, everybody is calling in and, you know, we're not sitting together talking about things. But um, this episode is just like a quick... It's not quick. It's a long episode. <laughs> but it's just uh, kind of like catching up on what we've been watching or reading or like uh new music we've been listening to or just like what we've been doing over the past week um and we're on apple podcasts now which it seems like a lot of people really wanted so that's cool and if you're on apple podcast please subscribe and leave a review <laughs> You can leave an honest review. Um, anything is appreciated <laughs> at this at this moment. And then I just wanted to say, um, last episode we covered Birds of Prey, and if you were at all interested in seeing that and not being being able to go to the theater now. It's actually going to be released on Video On Demand um, this Tuesday, the 24th. I think they're charging $20 for it. Um, so, kind of worth it if you have, you know, a couple people together. It's going to be less than you would pay at the theater. But, um, yeah, I think it's a fun episode. Got all the boys together. The boys are back in town. Six feet apart. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And please be excited. This is episode four of Please Be Excited. My name is John. I'm joined by... Uh, this is Chris. <laughs> New to the podcast. This is Chris. <laughs> New to the podcast. What's up, Chris? <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? This is Chad. I was on here one time before. And this is Brother Jimbo. I was on the, I was on the introductory episode. <laughs> breaking it in mm-hmm. all right all right so what have you guys what have you guys been up to in your uh quarantine there's a quarantine yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i'm just living how i normally live honestly <laughs> yeah we're, we're kind of the same just not leaving the apartment like usual yeah being shut in it's Go been on. really weird seeing seeing people like post online freaking out after two days inside yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm just i'm like that's how i spend my time yeah for real. <laughs> all right do you guys want to just like move into watching and reading and all that stuff yeah man sure. all right all right what are you guys what are you guys watching what have you been plugged into Lately, all right. I feel like we need we need an order of operations here. Yeah. Uh, okay. so maybe, all right. Or maybe Chris. Right, just, I can name whoever to go. Yeah. There you go. Don't all right. I don't, don't want to do that. <laughs> I just want I just want to jump in every now. And then. <laughs> but you guys can do the uh, the naming thing. Okay. All right, Chad. You want to go? Uh, sure. Yeah. So. What have I been watching? Me and Jimbo started Devs. 
which is uh, very disturbing and uncomfortable. But Starring Nick Offerman and yeah. Allison Poe. Yes, uh, for those who don't know, it's a TV show that is, uh, is it directed or show run by Alex Garland? You know which one it is? I think it's written uh, and directed. Yeah, I think, I think he's, I don't know if he's writing and directing the whole thing, but I know the first two episodes I think he directed, and then I think he's like the showrunner. Right. But yeah, so if you've seen Ex Machina, or he was the writer of Sunshine, uh, directed Annihilation, anybody likes that, probably like this. It's very uncomfortable, very beautiful, though. Uh, very grounded in some ways, but uh, it's a lot of interesting sci-fi stuff. So there's that. What's and the then, uh, How's the sorry, Dad? What? I said, how's the cinematography? How's it? What's the look? What's the feel? Uh, it's biblical. Good. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> biblical. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, that symbology in there, but um, I don't know yeah. how to describe cinematography. It's it's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it takes its time. Uh, it's just it's just beautiful. They're, they're like secret development compound is kind of out in the middle of the woods. And so there's a lot of like nice shots of nature that you'll see. Yeah. Like yeah. panning overhead shots. And then it transitions from like these nature scenes to like really um, cutting edge technology. So it's mm-hmm. this kind of like cool contrast. It's like yeah. Ex Machina where that guy had his whole complex kind of off in the woods somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Dope, dope. Yeah, and uh, then we started Westworld, which is also very good. Hold on, I want to back up. To what? To yeah. devs. Oh. All right. There are a lot of shots in devs where it's just like a close-up of Nick Offerman's face, and he looks really intense, mm. and like he's a second or two away from like crying or yelling at someone. Mm. And they have all these other shots where he's like standing in this circle of trees, and the trees have these like halo lights around them, so sometimes it look like looks like he has a halo surrounding him. So that mm. adds to the kind of like the religious idea. Yeah, mm. Mm. I hadn't even thought about that. Oh, like, are they like computer programmers? What are they doing? I don't know if Jonathan, if you want to save talking about this for the specific episode where we go to the TV shows, or um... well, we can we can just talk about like the first episode and the like the premise of it yeah okay so the premise is it's this couple who both work for this uh tech company in silicon valley it's kind of like a google or an apple it's like one of the biggest companies most cutting edge and uh one is a programmer who works in uh, quantum computing and he's working on like simulation type stuff and his girlfriend is uh works in encryption and uh, so they work for Nick Offerman's company. And then the the man, the boyfriend, he gets hired to, he gets recruited into this separate uh, little part of the company called Devs. And nobody knows what they're working on. It's like the most cutting edge, most secret project. And then basically, you know, shit goes down. I don't want to say too much to spoil it, but they, the girlfriend has to kind of start digging into what's going on, and it's uh, very disturbing. Yeah. Did you guys watch the second episode or just the first? No, just the first one. Got to okay. Got to pace this baby out. Pretty yeah. intense. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's. Um, I don't know if they ever give like a specific date but it's kind of like near future yeah still grounded but you can tell that there's uh it seems like it's kind of just like more there's like a homeless character in it and so it seems Mm -hmm. seems like there is that kind of advancement of um like the class gap just keeps growing and more people are homeless and it's kind of uh like 
you know, coding and programmers and uh, the like Silicon Valley kind of stuff that's just like overtaking everyday life and job stuff. And that's kind of becoming the norm, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how much that stuff is already going on because I know there's a big homeless problem in uh, San Francisco. I don't know if that's where Silicon Valley is, honestly, but it might just be like very near future, like five years. And it's just kind of, yeah, really based in reality, you know? Yeah, it really, it really just feels like it's not, it's not like 20 or 30 or years. It seems like it's just next decade kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then you guys watched uh, Westworld. Yeah, the first episode came on, watched that. Also very good, good sci-fi, near-ish future stuff. It's a little farther along, but um. Yeah, that's why I like having the two on at the same time, because you're kind of getting like two different parts of like a future kind of narrative. Um, Devs is maybe like five years or so out from where we are now, it kind of feels like. And then Westworld's like, I don't know, 50 or more. That feels kind of like Blade Runner or whatever you're watching it. So you get two shows on at the same time and both of them could be like, near future to distant future so it's nice to watch them together yeah yeah that's what i was i was thinking the same thing whenever i was watching uh season two of westworld i'm still trying Mm. to finish it Mm. (laughs) i'm having a hard time finishing it but i'm what episode are you on i have two episodes left the last one i watched was the is his name Akachada or something or Akachada, the Indian character. Yeah, yeah. I don't know his name, but uh... yeah, that was like it had a really cool opening, and it had it's like a really cool idea for an episode, but then it just kept going <laughs> and like yeah. repeating the same ideas over and over. Yeah, and I was like, he, I think I texted Jimbo, and I was like, this could have been over, you know. And, Yep. like 20 minutes you could have told this entire story and you could have advanced the plot of the season for the rest of the episode yeah, and, yeah. yeah. i feel like season two of westworld did a bad job of just advancing the plot in general but yeah that's kind of how i feel about that one yeah it's it was it's interesting watching it like just in a um narrative kind of way i mean it's like it's interesting what they did with it but then it kind of just doesn't work because it doesn't advance things and kind of just keeps going over the same information again and again yeah um and it's like it's really cool whenever you i mean you get like different pieces of information or see things from a different characters point of view but it at a certain point it becomes tedious yeah yeah but yeah i'm gonna i'll finish season two and uh get to season three hopefully in the next week Mm -hmm. and then you guys finished uh the outsider yeah yeah which i don't really want to talk about that because i still have two episodes yeah, definitely. you have two episodes left of that. Yeah. Okay, we can save that. All right, and then uh, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about any of the YouTube stuff, or if Chris wanted to talk about what he's been watching. Or... Yeah, I'm just go ahead and uh, go to Chris, Christopher. Oh, hey. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm I feel like the boring one because I only watch like a couple things. I watch Critical Role. Yeah, man. And uh, that's pretty awesome, but they had to take a break because of the quarantine stuff. Yeah. So I'm kind of caught up on the current campaign. It's like a sea adventure mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know if everybody knows what Critical Role is. What <laughs> well, is Critical you... Role, Chris? Why don't you pitch it for us? Okay, Critical Role is a bunch of voice actors out in Hollyweird who uh, started playing a Dungeons & Dragons game about, what, five or six years ago? Mm-hmm. just for fun and then 
Geek and Sundry heard about it and put it on their channel and became super popular. I'm sure everybody's heard about it by now. But uh, anyway, they're on the second campaign and there's crazy shit going on and it's super fun. And there's like a million watch so i i just i kind of jump back into campaign one a little bit too uh oh and matt mm -hmm. the dungeon master has a new book out chad you got it what's it about what's it like give me the detail oh yeah sure uh so they released this is an officially officially through the dungeons and dragons company um they made a uh, campaign setting based in the world of critical role uh, campaign two it's called what is it something wild mount that's the name of the continent but yeah that's super cool that they kind of like made it to that level where the actual dungeons and dragons company used his matthew mercer's like world he created as one of their official settings yeah there's a lot of cool like world building stuff in there dope yeah um did you want to talk about his dark materials? Yeah, but nobody else has freaking watched it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Why don't you just just try to get us into it? What's what's uh, the appeal? Oh, geez, so many appeals. I can't even tell you. Okay. Um, okay. You want? It's not steampunk. What would you call it? Uh, dystopian. No, it's not dystopian. Okay. Fan Imaginative realism. Imag sure. <laughs> Um, it's based on a middle grade fantasy series that's pretty old by now. Let's say 90s. Why not? Um, uh -huh. Harry Potter's biggest rival, I would say. Some would say. Uh -huh. The Golden Compass. It's just, I don't know. Voldemort. The vibe is, no, there's no Voldemort. Oh, it's just got an interesting, super right. interesting mix of vibes. You guys just need to watch it, and then I could. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm just. Yeah. Buddy, watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get to it. I just I already told you I didn't love the first episode. Yeah. But I'm gonna... Just get through the first episode. It's so good. Yeah. What's your name? All Ruth right. Wilson and James McAvoy. Yeah. As the, the two like main adult leads, they're. So good. Mm. Like you'll be out mm. to be fascinated. It's just the character, those two characters. I haven't seen those two characters before else. Mm. Mm. Jimbo, did you have any other shows or anything you're watching? No, I mean if we're not able to talk about the outsider, I think that's it for I mean I've been watching some of that um was the cooking thing on YouTube the, Bon Appetit Bon Appetit oh, yeah that. Oh my God, some I love that. That. hell yeah go to sleep too yeah it, it makes me want to cook but I haven't actually cooked yet who's the guy yeah There's only one of those and it was Brad Leone or something I don't know the, I don't know really I don't know their bad. names yet but yeah, I've been watching some of those videos lately. Yeah, I love that guy. Been watching, uh, yeah, Bon Appetit, and then like Easy Allies streams and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially since Kyle is leaving, I've been yep watching more. What? Why is Kyle leaving? Uh, I guess he's. Like going back to school and kind of just like wants to do something bigger mm. or something. He like wants his. He released a statement saying he wanted to find like his life's one thing, like his big passion thing. That's not easy, allies. <laughs> no, I guess. I think he's making a mistake. Hmm. I think he's making a mistake. He shouldn't go back to school. No. <laughs> <laughs> he no, can do, he can like, do what uh, he wants. Yeah, but. I think it's like it's it's too easy for him right now. Like, and it's all um, like reaction based. Like, a lot of it is based on you know reviews for games or commentary, like the podcast. And he is more of like a creative person and wants to like work on his own projects. Like, um, he made this, this series called Box Peak on YouTube, which is like 
for just one person making it, it's pretty cool um, with like these little paper puppets and stuff. And so, yeah, he's like, and then he made a uh, short, really short, like Game Boy game. Um, so, yeah, I think he just wants to have more of like a creative outlet instead of like reacting to other people's projects and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, That's my like intuition. Yeah. And I think like he said that he'd moved to Los Angeles to be like a TV writer and yeah. Um, yeah. Just like be a writer and create things and do all that. But I guess he just like, hasn't had the chance to do things that he's more passionate about. Yeah. Ever. But uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of easy allies and especially like his streams of mm-hmm. um like the Dreamcast streams are great. Yeah. Uh, well, they I the streams are like six hours long, but they edit them down mm-hmm. into like forty minute videos mm-hmm. that are just the best, like bizarre reactions and yeah, because he's playing these really weird old games. And then mm-hmm. um, and then I've been watching like the Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie. Mm-hmm. Uh, six hour stream videos uh usually whenever i'm going to sleep i put those on Mm -hmm. but i've been watching yeah easy allies which is like a video game review discussion uh youtube channel um for people that don't know and then patrick willems videos on youtube which is like film essays and um different film stuff which is really good and i've been catching up on like the red letter media videos because i've been behind on Mm -hmm. all that stuff wait which is another who's this patrick willems like what's the most recent thing of his you watched um i think the most the most recent one i watched was the uh like the best how like how to craft a perfect Simpsons episode right. video? How, all right, how do you do that? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Oh. but it it it's like a twenty or thirty minute video where he picks one of his favorite episodes and then he like breaks down the history of the show up till that point and then he breaks the episode down like plot line by plot line and character by character and how it kind of builds on each story kind of builds on the other and like all the jokes are set up or like they're long running jokes throughout the show's history that finally um you like finally get the punchline or there's just stuff that's like referenced throughout the show that if you pay attention it's a big really big episode but um yeah he does he does videos like that usually weekly or every other week and then sometimes i forget what the second youtube channel is but he has one where he uh does like a commentary discussion with another youtuber it looks like um patrick willems presents right yeah yeah no yeah that's the one that I think he puts like the discussions on, but if you're in the film stuff, then his videos are like pretty funny, but then they're really knowledgeable about film. And then he's more, he's like also more of a creative person who just hasn't really had the chance to like make a show or a movie or something. So he, he has like a Patreon and um, he's been working like video gigs and photography stuff like I guess most of his adult life. So he like with the Patreon money from his supporters, he kind of crafts like a season long story arc that he puts in between all of the like film essays that's like each video has like a little part of a story that's building throughout the season. So uh, 
I've just been watching a lot of those and like going back through old ones. Yeah, these look then, awesome. I'm looking at the whole list right now. Not yeah, and then I've I've had Knives Out on like every single day. <laughs> Is that comfort just playing in the background? Uh, yeah, I've had on like in the background and then listening to the commentary. There's two commentaries, but I've been listening to one that was released while it was in theaters um, that you were able to like download on your phone and go listen to while you watch the movie. And then they, oh, I didn't know that like any places were doing that or movies were doing that. No, Ryan, uh, Ryan Johnson does it with like all of his movies. They either like the movie website or like on his social media, he'll just post the um, audio file and you can download it. And then you just take your phone with headphones and you can sit and watch the movie while you listen to a commentary so that's an awesome feature yeah i mean he does that he does that for like every single movie i think since he did it for star wars uh yeah i think he did it for star wars okay but yeah so it has it has that commentary and then um they also recorded a another commentary with i think noah segan and maybe Nathan Johnson, the composer, who I guess is his cousin or something, but I haven't listened to that one yet. I've just been watching like the making of and watching it with commentary on. Instant classic. Instant yeah, that's a good classic, one. yeah. Um Ooh, what are you what are you boys reading? Okay, who goes first? Uh, Chris, yeah, yeah, he's the reader. Okay, what do you guys know about Robert Jackson Bennett? (laughs) Jack, yeah, man, he's the best fantasy author working right now. I'm just gonna make that claim. Okay, accept it. No, he's uh, I'm reading Foundry Side right now, which is the beginning of his new fantasy series. Which it has like a teenage main character, but um, it's not it's not really YA. It's like pretty adult. It's got really cool themes, and uh, it's kind of got your really good magic system and your second world fantasy, kind of based on like kind of like an industrial revolution period and like like a vague European, I don't know, Eurasian kind of setting uh that's pretty vague but uh it's got like this magic system that's kind of based on like computer programming but like if that worked in the real world with like runes and stuff so if you know like the language of the gods you can like carve on objects and like put your whatever kind of magic thing you want that object to do uh it's like yeah it's like hacking the world basically as stupid as that (laughs) Uh, but like yeah. anyway, it's like it's got really good characters, really good world building. Uh, his other series, the, um, the Divine Cities, which I've only actually read the first book of that, but it's it's another fucking awesome fantasy series. It's really cool. Everybody should check it out. Probably gonna buy uh, Jimbo. I'm gonna buy you a birthday present that's um, in this. Uh, anyway you guys should read foundry side and this and then the sequel is coming out in april it's called shorefall so anyway mm. super excited about that dorking out hell yeah it's yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you like yeah, fantasy dope. but you're getting kind of tired of like epic fantasy and you know these authors that take 10 years to write a, a freaking book no names mm-hmm. mentioned. Like who? who are you thinking about Stephen <laughs> King name names it's, or... yeah it's like really good <laughs> <laughs> the, the famous slacker that Stephen King <laughs> yeah he doesn't write enough yeah enough oh books. but like he's I want to read all of his books because he's got like uh some of his early stuff are like um 
American like noir fantasy or like Lovecraftian small. It's like it's, he's got like small town with the Lovecraftian vibe, like like Welcome to Night Vale or whatever, whatever that thing's called. He's got earlier books. I want to like go back mm-hmm. through his whole um the bibliography. I don't know. And uh, mm-hmm. read those puppies. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Hot take. Nice. Dope. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the the other books or? I don't know. That's kind of like nonfiction. Just like health stuff. What's wrong okay. with nonfiction? Though? I mean, if you guys want to hear about it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mind gut connection is about. The connection between your brain and your digestive system. <laughs> mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. Uh, on every level, it's uh, what you eat and how you live impacts your your brain because uh, it's all about gut bacteria. So <laughs> read that if you want to get feel better. All right. Yeah, it's like yeah. super yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, I might I might pick that up because I had some uh, coffee a little bit ago. I'm feeling kind of nutty right now. <laughs> yeah, if you have to take a break, just uh, let us know. Right. I do I do uh, yoga yeah, to help with there that. There we go. There are videos. This is a digestion podcast. Like fucking indigestion. Yeah, so like that no, helps but out. This dude is crazy, you guys. Know, no, listen. Blocks. Your bacteria. You have, mm-hmm. like, billions of gut bacteria and, like, general bacteria on your body and in your body. And, like, we evolved alongside them, and they evolved inside us. Like, when they're not mm-hmm. working properly, then uh, it's, like, mm-hmm. your mental health is affected. People, like, with all kind of diseases yep. and mental health problems. And even, like, people on the autistic spectrum, they, like, can improve their cognitive function and stuff just by changing their gut bacteria anyway there's a whole separate kind of subject but it's super interesting and like and then the author gets into like if your gut bacteria and your the bacteria these microorganisms inside you are affecting your mental functioning like who's really cool like are we just kind of husks for our bacteria that's inside <laughs> Like, are they controlling us? Mm-hmm. It's super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the Sounds other like... book I'm reading is Tribe. By, well, let me see the author of the, the author of the Mind Gut Connection is Emerson Meyer. He's like, I don't, he sounds German. I don't know. But he's like a <laughs> scientist, doctor, neurologist, astrologist guy. <laughs> yeah. Triple, a triple threat. Anyway, yeah. and then. Not to take over the conversation, but Tribe by Sebastian Younger, Junger, I don't know. It's um he's like mm-hmm. a journalist and he was a war correspondent for a long time. And uh he's the tribe is about how um throughout our evolutionary history we lived in, you know, tribes of like fifty to a hundred people and we function better as like in a tribe in a tribal setting and connected to the natural world and connected to other people but he kind of comes at it from the angle of military veterans returning home and having ptsd and they're like they're just disconnected from their tribe and then he goes into the next chapter was um any time of like natural disasters or even what's going on now like pandemic or World War Two yeah. and the Blitz um, when London was being bombed, like everybody kind of bands together where they're forced into a tribe, and mental health uh, actually gets better in times of disaster because people have these like sociological connections that we're missing in the modern mm. world. But anyway, that's my nonfiction yeah. hot take. So. I think it's I think it's cool that there is like some kind of section on like a pandemic or disease and stuff like that because that's what I was thinking is that 
um, what if someone wrote an article like that, like tribes in this kind of setting, because on one hand, you're doing a lot of avoidance, like you yeah. don't want to be around other people, you're like isolating, but you're you choose small groups to be around and like share that risk together. Like even if maybe you should be totally alone, like I'm hanging out with Chad and we live together. I mean, if one of us has an infection, like we both probably do, but there's no way around it. So you just kind of like pick your people yeah. that you feel comfortable. Yeah. I've been calling uh, it quarantine buddies. With. Like you have your quarantine buddies. Yeah. Quarantine buddies. No, that's yeah. super interesting. Hmm. Mm. All right, Chad or Jimbo? Uh, yeah, I'll go. And I just want to say to maybe frame this uh, episode, this whole thing, so we don't feel weird talking about like nonfiction or whatever. We're just like recommending cool stuff that we're interested in, right? So, yeah. I mean, it could be anything like nonfiction, fiction, something we're, you know, interested in for the future, what we're into right now. But yeah, so. What I'm reading right now, I already talked about that Critical Role book, but uh, I just wanted to recommend some comics that I've read recently that are really cool. Maybe people haven't heard of them. There's this one called Little Bird. I think it's published by Image. If not, it might be Dark Horse, but it's kind of, you know, like an indie creator-owned comic. And... uh, and it's kind of hard to describe it, but it's sort of in like a dystopian sci-fi future. And, uh, but it's got like, um, it's ruled with like a theocracy. Like what if Christianity kind of, you know, had a big resurgence and took over. And, um, but there's tons of like genetic experimentation that's gone on. And, uh, but basically, like, that kind of got out of control and caused a lot of problems. And then so the the government and the church kind of, like, um, like stomped that out and out, like, ruled it or, um, sorry, outlawed it. And the main character is this kind of descendant of one of these genetic experiments who basically has superpowers, you know, it's a comic book. And so her and her people and her, like... Um, ancestors and stuff are trying to like overthrow the evil government yeah it's kind of hard to describe but that's basically the setup but the art is really cool and the sci-fi ideas and i haven't really seen a world exactly like it it's it's really interesting but uh and then i read umbrella academy volume the hotel oblivion yeah, I actually don't have too much to say about that. Um, I don't really want to spoil anything, but it also wasn't like super exciting, which I know is kind of a bummer to say. Um, but yeah, it was you know it was fun, it was cool. Okay. And then uh, there's this comic called Monstrous, which I don't really want to pitch <laughs> a whole nother like you know world <laughs> and premise here, but. You guys should go check it out. Just Google no, it. it look at awesome. the art. It's amazing. Yeah, I was I was looking at the little bird art and it looks insane. Like Yeah, it's it's nice. I like I had a super uh narrow idea. Just like yeah. you gave a good a good idea of what the story is and everything, but like the artwork is insane. Yeah, usually um, you know, I'm a person who's super into art and so that's the first thing that I get drawn to was like the cover or if I'm following an artist on Instagram and they either, you know, share somebody else's work or they talk about something they're working on. So I find out about it. And so, yeah, the art in this, like not just the line work, but also the colors are like, yeah, it's like super trippy and it's like the sci-fi stuff. And then um, like the designs, the character designs and everything, like, I think the artist's name is Ian Bertram, but that guy is just like out in his own fucking dimension with like the designs of the genetic experimented people. Like, I've never seen anything exactly like it, and it's just the guy with amazing. like the pictures so, yeah. of the big like spiky hair, like berserk kind of vibe on Instagram. 
Um, kind of, if... <laughs> kind of. I don't know. You guys, just, you have to Google Ian Bertram and find him, but it's like this hyper detailed line work. It does kind of look like Akira, like he draws faces a little bit, like um, Matomo does. Nice, but yeah, yeah. Jimbo, are you reading anything right now? Jimbo is off the couch, <laughs> walking around doing something. Oh boy, Jimbo, what? He's asking if you're reading anything. Oh man, I'm reading. I'm reading self-help books. Nice like books on meditation and mindfulness. All right, dope. But I don't know if that yeah it might be outside of your your wheelhouse. I mean, if you want to talk about it, or if you want to just like throw some names out so people can look it up. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> he's, he's leaving the couch. Oh eating, eating some soup. All right, he's back. <laughs> he's back. All right. So the one book that I'm reading that's been really helpful uh, is by Susan Jeffers, who is who is dead now, but you can still read her books. <laughs> uh, so don't worry about that. Yeah, that's how oh books work. God. That's how books work. Yeah, you can still read them. Yeah, it's called... Uh, feel the fear and do it anyway and it's all about like confronting things that you're scared of instead of shying away from them and she gives you like a lot of strategies for doing that like just kind of changing your mindset to a more positive way of thinking instead of fixating on negative stuff or thinking that things are always going to go bad and yeah one thing that she says in here that i really like is that like over like 90 percent of the time the thing that you're like scared is going to happen like doesn't happen uh mm -hmm. so that's kind of like a helpful thing and then so reading this other book called the emotional hostage and that's about kind of like understanding all different types of emotions why you have them in certain situations and how to kind of change to uh, a different emotion that's more useful for you that's uh, so just being more aware of like what you're feeling and why and how to change that if you need to Hell yeah. Yeah, so I'm bouncing nice. between those two. Cool. Cool. Um the only thing I've been reading is this Dennis Lehane book. Mm -hmm. Uh Darkness Take My Hand. It's the second second book in the Kenzie Gennaro series, which is like the private detectives um set in Boston. Uh, Gone Baby Gone was based, that's one of the books in the series, the Casey Affleck, Ben Affleck directed movie. Um, yeah, I just, I just started it, so I'm not that far into it, but I loved the first one, and I love the characters in the first one. Uh, mm -hmm. so it's just nice to be back in that world. Is that like, it's that modern, um, modern day? No, this was, I don't know if he was writing, if Dennis Lehane was writing them throughout the 90s or um, if these were like early 2000s, but uh, yeah, I think the books, I think the books are set in the 90s, which is kind of, if you've seen Gone Baby Gone, it's kind of weird going back to it because it's. There's like different, you know, things with technology and all that that's referenced in the books that you're just like, oh, right, this is early 90s or whatever. <laughs> that big cell phones. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they even, I don't know if cell phones even come up at all in, in the first one, at least. Mm. <laughs> Do they all just listen to Nirvana? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is it set in seattle no it's it's in boston wow. i think i don't remember there is some like really dated references in the first one yeah. that made me remember mm. that it was set in the 90s but yeah John, have, you, have you seen you've seen wall street right uh yeah a long time ago you remember where Michael Douglas is walking on the beach with a giant cell phone? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was picturing. With, with this <laughs> okay. So I'm just like digressing. It's not, not that vibe at all, but all right. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, the first one is like the first book in the series. 
um, A Drink Before the War, I think it's called, is the private detectives looking into, there's some kind of like blackmail thing going on with local uh, government officials and like politicians and everything. And, you know, somebody has like a videotape or uh, pictures from a videotape of some kind of um, like underage sex stuff with a politician. So like it goes through all these different levels of class and society and um, from like the people who run the city at the top to the like very porous people that are struggling and uh and the detectives you know get caught up in the middle of it and then it's also a lot of um it gets into a lot of like racial uh justice and stuff like that with the police and or injustice racial injustice and all that but Super, super good if you like detective or mystery stories because it's really, really, really grounded. And I've watched a lot of different like discussions or interviews with Dennis Lehane, and he talks about uh, how like the only thing that he cares about is character. So he's mm. so he's like the last thing on my mind is plot. So that's like he said. He said that that's like the last thing that he does. Like he'll write and work on the characters and um, like a story bible thing. Yeah, I mean he he's just he said that like for each of his books, he kind of like his first idea really comes from a character, and before he even starts writing the story or like planning plotting the story out, he just like writes everything he can for the characters and um and then he'll like finally come up with a plot line for the story he wants to tell with those characters and everything so really really good character work in his mm. his books um yeah that's the is only it thing like, I've been is reading, like noir but... like is it written kind of like a noir or anything it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really feel heightened or anything. I mean, it feels like if you've seen a noir or like a mystery, like a detective mystery, um, then yeah, it has that noir feeling of, you know, like a broken down detective yeah. who gets the shit kicked <laughs> oh, out man. of him all the time. I gotta read that. And, and like, you know, drinks a lot and you know, flirts with that's like a huge, a huge thing in the series. Classic. Huge thing in the series is the two characters are kind of just like they're in love with each other, but because uh, it's two private detectives, one guy, one woman. She's married to this abusive guy, douchebag from uh, high school because they were high school sweethearts, and um, the male private detective has like always been in love with her and you know they had like a kind of romantic thing in the past but she's trapped in this shitty marriage and um mm. but it's just like constant back and forth between them like flirting and giving each other shit the whole time and it's it's like a lot of really good funny exchanges between them over that but right. yeah it's really good series if you like if it like just if you like grounded crime stories and i think uh dennis lehane like he he worked in um books like writing books and everything throughout the 90s and the early 2000s and he still has a career writing novels but he's transitioned over into like writing for tv and movies so he was, I think, season three of The Wire he came on, and he worked oh, on The Wire. And then... Um, Didn't his name pop up on The Outsider? Yeah, he, yeah, he was, so, like, a, one of the key people for The Outsider. And 
that I haven't watched that Mr. Mercedes show, but that's another Stephen King show that he was um, like heavily involved in writing and the in the writer's room and producing it and stuff. And yeah, he's just I think he's worked on a few other uh, David Simon shows. Like I don't know if he worked on The Deuce or uh, Treme or stuff like that, but. He's like a really good crime writer. And uh, like he wrote Shutter Island. He wrote Mystic River. Oh. All that stuff. I remember that. Yeah. He's. That's one that uh, sticks with you. Yeah, it does. That Mystic River. Yeah. But he's a great writer. So if you like any kind of crime stuff, but like if you want something really grounded and you want good character work and really any of his books or anything based off of his books is pretty good. Um, Did you guys want to, did you guys want to keep going or do you want to like split this into multiple episodes? I mean, can't we just keep going and then you split? Yeah, we could, we could do um, the next two questions that I had, which were the what were you listening to and what are you playing? We could do that mm-hmm. and then cover those topics and then, uh, like the hype stuff could be a whole nother episode. Sure, yeah, yeah it works for me. All right, cool. What are you guys listening to? What's in your AirPods new Chad? playlist on Spotify? Oh, hey. <laughs> uh, so many things. I'm also listening to my new playlist on Spotify. It's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, let me just look at that list and I'll throw some names at you. People can discover some cool shit. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys know Kim Petrus. I don't know if I'm going to talk about like trying to describe music, so I'll just name different names. Yeah. But uh, I like the new Grimes album. It's good. Uh, what else? Strokes have some good oh, new stuff. Yeah. Cool music videos. Is it actually the Strokes or is it Boyd's? No, it's the Strokes. It's the like strokes. his okay. first spin. Okay. Um, especially what is it? At the hey, door. Have you guys seen that? Jonathan and Jimbo, like have you seen crazy. that video? Uh, it's ridiculous. It's so no, cool. I haven't. No, I haven't yet. seen it. Yeah. It's an animated uh, epic. And then uh, Purity Ring just put out an EP. So if you're into them, it's good stuff. It's been a while since they've uh, put anything out. And then uh, what else we have here? Yeah. Sam Smith, obviously. That new music video and song. Uh, what else? What else? Killers coming back. Good new single, Group Love, Heim. I don't know if y'all watched the new music video. I think it's directed by um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but... Yeah, it's pretty good. And yeah, just uh, pretty much it. There's more on the playlist, but those are the big ones. Cool. Yeah. Chris, are you listening to No, I don't don't really listen to music. I don't know. I'm so yeah. behind on everything. Yeah. I listen to like Sam Smith and whatever. I don't know. I'm not the person to ask about um, music. <laughs> <laughs> I have like three bands I listen to at work. So, like I on my headphones, I listen to um, what is it? Brandon Flowers, Lord, and uh, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Hey man, you like what you like. That's, Bruce Springsteen, yeah. that's my hot so, take on Bruce music Springsteen. Thing. Okay, there you go. I thought you said <laughs> I thought you said Brood Springsteen, which like would be a good name. No, dude, yeah. wait, I have an anecdote. I have Bruce a short anecdote. I'm actually gonna take uh, a note on it. Part of his part of his um, I guess I think it's from his Broadway I show, like the one man where he's just at a piano. It came on in the truck, and he's talking about his dad, and like, oh my god, I was like just throwing boxes at work, and like, oh, like tearing up in the truck because he's just like, <laughs> mm. 
talking about his dad, like how he based like his stage persona, yeah. his dad, even like his dad was like kind of distant and depressed and stuff. Mm. Like, just how he like his all of his blue collar, uh, mm. you know, salt of the earth music is like in his stage presence is like him interpreting his dad. I don't know. It was just like it was so good. It's one of those like goosebumps things. Mm. So, yeah, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, it's awesome. Jimbo, there's this uh, cool thing that I saw today on Instagram. Uh, there's like a local music promoter called Swamp Sister. It's like very much like female driven. And they put out a playlist on Spotify called uh, Locals Only. And it's a lot of like Tampa based bands or like Florida bands. And they put their music on this playlist. So, I mean, we're recording this podcast. We all live like in Tampa and Florida. Um, so it's yeah, local music all on this one playlist, and it's uh, through Swamp Sister. So that's pretty cool. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I've just been listening to like Phoebe Bridgers. I think I played for you, Jimbo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've played like Phoebe Bridgers and then um, Better Oblivion Community Center, which is Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst from. Uh, oh cool bright eyes that's what it's called right yeah yeah, yeah. oh that's, that's really good really yeah. good album um and then like wallows i've been listening to their album and then they have a new single out and then uh conan gray the album oh. is kid crow and that's crow with a k of course but it's just like super boppy pop stuff uh some i mean some kind of sad sad pop but really Uh good surprising album because i was i put on the uh the new weekend album today Uh and i was like the first two songs i was really feeling it and i was like oh man this is really good and then i forget it's it's a long album. It's probably like oh God. it's probably like fourteen songs or something. And yeah. I was <laughs> I was just by like the sixth song I was like, All right, I really don't like this album. Yeah. And then yeah. there's like two songs that are standouts and then the rest kinda just all blend together and sound the same. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, so Conan Gray is a really good pop album that came out today. And then um, I have a Twitter friend who released an album today. Which uh, I think he goes by Marks. Like, that's his artist name. And then the album is called Endgame. And it's, like, really good electronic uh Mm. how do you it marks like Karl Marx or just no it's uh, M-A-R-K-S okay and you might have to you might have to search it and then like do the drop down thing uh where like the artist results are because it wouldn't it wouldn't pop up for me immediately but it's like really good moody electronic like kind of dark moody stuff um it's got those futuristic cyberpunk you know i don't know it's got those kind of vibes too but it's really good i've had that playing today um oh yeah and then the last thing i had on here was like games and stuff but i don't know if any of you are like playing any games right now (laughs) nope (laughs) yeah no all right. Well, yeah, I was just I played the Final Fantasy VII remake Ooh. demo, which was. I thought they already remade that. Oh, <laughs> they're still working on it. They're still working they on just, it. But they just released oh the God. demo. It comes yeah, out. I've been watching. I've been watching people play that demo, and it's like insane. Yeah, the game comes out next month, and um, it was supposed. I think it was supposed to come out this month, and then they delayed it. Uh, till next month but yeah the demo's out and 
I think I played like an hour and a half of the demo Ooh. and I barely scratched the surface of it. Like I, I, I've seen other people do playthroughs of the demo and there's like so much more that you can explore and go around to mm -hmm. and all that. And I was just like, I barely did anything. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, if you like Final Fantasy or RPG games and that's probably my most what I'm like most excited for game wise right now mm -hmm. is just because I love Final Fantasy games. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually gonna say like one of the things uh for hype anticipating like game stuff, I was like thinking, you know, where is Final Fantasy sixteen? But I kind of feel like they're putting so much work into this that this like basically is the next major installment of Final Fantasy is like Final Fantasy seven remake. Like that's what all their teams are working on. Like that's where they're putting all the money, all the effort. And that's like super exciting that they're, it seems to me like they're that focused on making it like good. Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking whenever I was playing the demo, I was like, Oh crap, this is, yeah. You know, it's not just like, I don't know how many people know, like listening to this, know the difference between the old Final Fantasy VII and the new, but it was like, was it was like late 90s when uh, yeah. Seven came out. So super limited technology and scope and everything. And, that, and now it's huge, detailed, open worlds and um, just like so much more that you can do with it. Did they actually, I think they're doing this one game as like a trilogy um yeah. kind of how like the old games used to come out on three and four discs and um yeah. and i think I, that. Nice. I think the i think the first part might take place just in is it midgard is the city i think so yeah i think the first game might just take place entirely in midgard because it's this gigantic super detailed uh intricate city where you can like explore everything and go everywhere and i mean that just sounds pretty awesome to me that they're gonna yeah do that much to it and they're like i don't know just like expanding the scope of it or doing everything that they couldn't do back then because they were limited by technology yeah and making this into a fully fledged triple uh, A kind of big blockbuster title, which is really cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've just been, I played that and then I've played, like been playing uh, Fortnite with Grace and her family, <laughs> which is nice. a lot of fun. And then um, Call of Duty has like a new free game type where anybody can just download it and play and they don't have to have you know xbox mm -hmm. live or playstation plus um but that's really fun i've been playing that uh it's like the battle royale where you drop in and then the circle closes constantly mm -hmm. but uh yeah that's all i've been playing lately nice chris oh you <laughs> want to talk about yeah oh I just, magic i want to play <laughs> magic <laughs> and uh, I want to play D&D. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a different podcast. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, all right, dope. Did you guys want to take a break and then we can do this as like two episodes? Uh, yeah, let's take a you know, quick bathroom break. I'm also very sweaty because this air conditioner. I turned it on. It's running I'm still, now. I'm still sweaty. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's let's uh, take a break. Alright, well, I'm going to end the recording and then for the podcast, I'll do like a little ending thing where I link everything, all the social media and all that. Yeah. Cool. Alright, cool. dope. Going to stop recording now. Peace out. Uh... <laughs> what a good episode. <laughs> I was just gonna throw a little tag here to say um, we're on Instagram at please be excited and Twitter at excited pod 
um, if you want to follow those accounts and uh, get some updates. I'm going to start being more active on those to um, maybe get some feedback from listeners and maybe throw like uh, questions up if if you guys want to ask some questions for the podcast or um, maybe put like polls up and stuff like that to see if people are interested on voting on, uh, you know, shows or movies or like film series that we would cover and follow those accounts. That's please be excited on Instagram and excited pod on Twitter and Thanks for listening.